it's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with you from high atop Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City, ahead of today's Illinois-Iowa football game, which kicks off at 11 o'clock. We're kicking off a busy Saturday of coverage of Illini sports, the basketball team in action tonight at the State Farm Center against Hampton. Plenty of football to talk about. Lauren Tate is with us in our Champaign headquarters. Good morning, Mr. Tate. Good morning. What's the weather like over there? We're getting a little, little rain over here. No rain, but 28 degrees, mostly cloudy. No rain in the forecast. Okay. So it looks like it's going to be a partly cloudy, partly sunny day. It might get to 40 degrees or so here in Iowa City. They had the uh, lights on earlier. They've turned them off now for the moment on the Iowa marching band on the field uh, going through its early uh, workout, but it's cold and crisp, but uh, for late November, I guess it's not too bad. Well, and it, it sounds like it's uh, going to be passable for uh, Peters today. I hope so, because I think the line are going to have to throw the ball in order to be successful. I don't think that I was going to allow much of a running game today, and the line I haven't been running it that well anyway, but uh, I was particularly tough on defense. They are, and Illinois is going to have to stop the run because Iowa's uh, running game is pretty well split out. They've got uh, three guys with over 400 yards each, so they, they're utilizing uh, some veterans and some young guys in that running back position. They've got a quarterback in Nate Stanley who's been around forever, it seems, and the uh, Hawkeyes are 7-3 and three on the season. They're kind of in the same boat Illinois is. They know they're bowl eligible. Where they're going to go, though, is uh, yet to be determined, and that could change a little bit uh, over the next couple of weeks. I was talking to Gary Dolphin, the voice of the Hawkeyes, a minute ago. He's going to join us about 8.45 here in the uh, radio booth. But uh, they know a couple of places they're not going to, but uh, they haven't figured out, uh, or nor has it been figured out, where the Hawkeyes might go. Of course, they've got two games left uh, against uh, Illinois today and then at Nebraska the day after Thanksgiving. So, they're sitting at 7-3, and three, and you can do the math on what their record could or couldn't be. That will determine where they might go. They're kind of thinking maybe Holiday Bowl for them. A lot of talk about the Pinstripe Bowl for uh, the Fighting Illini. That could change as well. I asked uh, Dolph, I said, has Iowa played in the Pinstripe Bowl? He said, yep, it was the coldest game he'd ever done. <laughs> <laughs> well, going to New York this time of year is not not ideal. Yankee Stadium in uh in uh, the end of November, end of December, rather. Uh, I'd like to see Yankee Stadium sometime, but I'd rather see a baseball game there, I think. <laughs> well, at least you'll be in the press box at the go. Yep, wherever that is. Uh, he was trying to tell me how they had the field laid out, the football field laid out at Yankee Stadium. And uh, as you remember from the game we did at Wrigley Field, there's there's no good sight lines for football play-by-play in what is normally a baseball stadium. That's right, that's right. A lot going on today. We'll talk uh, football and basketball. Our guest lineup includes uh, Kedrick Prince. He does some work for the Orange and Blue News, also some work in the Quad Cities area. He'll be 
on his way, probably is on the road this morning at uh, this hour, and we'll catch up with him. He's coming to Iowa City for the ball game today. We'll talk to Joe Hendrickson from City Suburban Hoops Report about 8.30. I mentioned uh, Gary Dolphin joining us at 8.45, and we've got plenty of time for an open line as well, maybe some basketball talk. The Illini basketball team, as I mentioned, at home tonight in um, Champaign at the State Farm Center against Hampton. Big Ten basketball last night. The uh, Big Ten went 5-0 and in games last night, three blowouts. One game went to overtime. Nebraska beat Southern 93-86 in overtime. Northwestern got by Norfolk State 70-59. to The blowouts were Ohio State over Purdue-Fort Wayne 85-46. Michigan 111, Houston Baptist 68. Maryland 86, George Mason 63. So Maryland, Michigan, and Ohio State, Lauren, still undefeated in non-conference play. And in some cases unchallenged because right. this, this scheduling this time of year is just pathetic. And you, you don't learn anything uh, really from what's going on. There's so many. I, I mentioned that Indiana's got their first eight games at home. And the Ohio State, you know, Maryland, they, they don't play enough good teams to, to have any idea just where they stand. Women's basketball this afternoon at the State Farm Center, Illinois against Bryant. Some other headlines, the uh, volleyball team, the Illinois volleyball team, ranked 25th this week, won in straight sets last night at Maryland, 25-23, 25-19, 25-19, to go to 14-12 on the season, 9-8 in the Big Ten. And a shout-out to the uh, Parkland College women's uh, volleyball team. They're playing for the... NGCAA National Championship Division Two tonight. Parkland beat uh, 12 seed Bismarck State three nothing last night. This tournament being held in Charleston, West Virginia, so they'll play for the national championship today at 4:30 against Scottsdale. Scottsdale pulled an upset, beat two-time defending champion Coffeyville in the uh, semifinal match. So it'll be Parkland against Scottsdale for the national championships in uh, women's volleyball junior college. High school football playoffs today, the semifinals around the state um, in all eight classes, so there's a lot going on. Busy week, as always in November, it seems, but uh, Adam Miller, the uh, news the other night, uh, what was that, Thursday night, where he verbally committed but did not sign with Illinois. A lot of talk about that, and we'll talk more about that as we move along, but if you count... Adam Miller in the Illinois class, and you have to at this point, even though it's not official. Uh, that uh, shoots Illinois up pretty high in the uh, Big Ten standings, maybe the number one there, and maybe a top ten recruiting class nationally. Yeah, that, that would be the case right now, but there's some really good players out there who we know will go to the top schools that uh, will allow that uh, top ten to change, of course. And right now, you're right, Illinois is number one in the Big Ten, and that's that's great. I mean, I, they got the players, if they put this thing together, they've got – you know, with with uh, Kofi coming back and with uh, with these two guards coming in, Corbello and and uh, Miller, that that really gives them the just the, rounds out the team and and makes it uh, maybe a little more uh, easy to put together than the team they have right now, which they're working on really hard. And and I thought they showed a lot of improvement against Hawaii. I thought I just think they're starting to, as um, I, I think they're starting to look better. The Citadel. Uh, they, they they seem they seem to be flowing better, didn't you think so? I thought so. And uh, Hampton comes to town tonight with a three and one record out of the uh, state of Virginia. They've got the number two scorer in the country, Jermaine Morrow, 
is averaging 27 points a ball game. He'll put it up from just about anywhere, I'm told. But they, uh, as I mentioned, they're three and one. But the only team that they've played that I even recognize <laughs> is uh, William and Mary, and they lost that game. They beat somebody called Mid Atlantic Christian. They beat uh, somebody called Apprentice School. <laughs> They lost at William and Mary, and then they beat at Regent University most recently, 93 to 50. So they'll get their uh, toughest test tonight against uh, Kofi Coburn, Iowa DeSumo, and the Fighting Illini in a game that gets underway at uh, seven o'clock. And Illinois kind of taking it step by step and uh, looking for a little increments of improvement uh, each game. And sometimes it uh, takes a little while, maybe to the second half. Yeah, I'm going to throw in something here uh, that uh, developed over yesterday. Uh, Oklahoma State received its notice of allegations or announced it had received it uh, for level one violations. It's, uh, you know, first Kansas, now Oklahoma State. We think Arizona might be next. Uh, this is because of Lamont Evans, an assistant coach who accepted bribes to steer players to financial advisors in violation of NCAA rules. This is all from the FBI thing. And, uh, it, it's noteworthy that while he was serving under Underwood at Oklahoma State when these, uh, uh, when when this took place, that Underwood was not accused of any wrongdoing. Uh, so I just thought I'd throw that out there because this will be in the news. Uh, you know, since uh, Oklahoma State is being hit with this notice, uh, Underwood has, has been. And by the way, he's been investigated from this side too. So Underwood is clear on this, as far as we know. That's uh, good news, and uh, certainly the Arizona thing still hanging out there, and who knows what else might come from that FBI. It seems like it's the news or the investigations kind of going kind of slowly in the, uh, the updates and, and such, so we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, I, I think that uh, overall they're, they're talking like there might be a half dozen teams ultimately involved in this, but right now we, uh, we know for sure about Kansas and, and Oklahoma State. Busy day on the football field today. Certainly a big game in Columbus, Ohio. That starts uh, the same time our game starts here in Iowa City. Number two, Ohio State over uh, number eight, uh, rather playing uh, number eight, Penn State. How do you size that one up, Lauren? Well, I, I think that uh, I'm shocked at, at the uh, the 18-point uh, uh, spread that Ohio State has in that game. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm not shocked, but I – you, I thought that Penn State might be able to be more competitive than that, and might be. But uh, with that loss, uh, you know, Ohio, Penn State has uh, knocked a little bit backwards on this, and and Ohio State is just so explosive that uh, there's no you know there's no limit to what they can do offensively. I think they're probably the number one team in the country. Although we'll never we won't know until the final four because we just don't know how good Clemson is because they don't play anybody. Uh, at least they don't play anybody as good as Penn State is right now. And uh, Ohio State's this is this is the the finish to their season is Penn State and Michigan and if if they uh, win these two they've got a really good chance to go undefeated for the season of course. I'm a little surprised as well by the point spread in uh, the ball game here that we'll yeah. be covering. Uh, Iowa ranks 17th in the country, 15 and a half point favorite. Last time I looked over the Fighting Illini and does that sound familiar? That's <laughs> yeah. what Michi- about what Michigan State was. It, is what Wisconsin was or more, even in the Wisconsin game. It was about what Purdue was favored when Illinois went in there and won. So maybe if you like that, uh, maybe Illinois got it right where they want them. Well, Illinois hadn't convinced uh, the national people yet, and right. they haven't convinced uh, the gamblers, <laughs> the people that bet on these games, because they set the uh, the spreads. And Iowa is just, number one, they're home. Number two, it's senior day. I mean, they got these, what, uh, 
I forget now how many seniors was it? Somewhere around 19, is it? Seniors yep. today will be playing their last game, and and uh, there's going to be a lot of emotion over there. They've got a tremendous crowd that stays with them uh, all the time, and I, I think that Illinois is up against it. Illinois is going to have to be able to go in and play toe to toe with them physically, in order to stay in this game. You you there's no way to finesse your way past uh, Iowa, in my opinion. You kind of got the the rock and the hard place situation for Illinois. They like to take the ball away. They've been very effective at taking the ball away. Six defensive touchdowns on the season. But Iowa, they don't hurt themselves much. They don't drop it. They don't uh, throw many interceptions. They're, they're pretty uh, solid offensively. Yeah, I, I, I read something that they only had one turnover in the last three games. Is that correct? Do you know? I think so, yeah. That, that's what I read. And, uh, well, that's just Iowa. They're, they're just going to play close to the vest. They're going to try to run the ball against Illinois. They, they haven't been truly suc- as successful as they would like to be running the football this year. But they're going to they're going to try it again today because they think they have an adva- they think their offensive line has an advantage over Illinois' defensive line. That's what they think. And Illinois, I think, is without Hanson again today. Uh, have you heard anything officially on that? I've not. I don't not. think I don't think Hanson's going to be able to play linebacker, which means Tolson will be in there again. But uh, that makes a big difference because he was having a banner season. He was even contention in contention for uh, you know Big Ten uh, on the defensive team. The all Big Ten team, and mm-hmm. and I just uh, I I wonder how effective Illinois can be without him because he's been such a key member. Yeah, he's got seventy two tackles, and that's still good for eighth on the uh, Big Ten list in the, of the top tacklers in the conference, and uh, seven forced fumbles as well. We'll try to find out a definitive word on that. Other games in the Big Ten: Michigan State still needing. A couple of more wins. They should get one today. They're a 21-point favorite at Rutgers. Purdue also needs two more wins. They may not get one of them today. They're at Wisconsin, about a 25-point underdog, and they play Indiana next week, so it might be tough to get back to a bowl game for the Boilermakers. Minnesota, ranked number 10, is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite at Northwestern. Nebraska plays at Maryland this afternoon at 2.30. Cornhuskers a five-point favorite. Nebraska in need of two more wins to get to bowl eligible as well. And number 13, Michigan is on the road just inside a 10-point favorite at Indiana this afternoon. So a full slate of Big Ten football. We'll talk more about those games as well. We have the phone lines open, 356-9397 on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take our first time out and be back with more after this. Stay with us. Join us for a volleyball, women's basketball doubleheader on Sunday at noon. It's Illini Volleyball at Ohio State in Columbus. At 2 o'clock, Illini women's basketball against Bryant. Welcome back to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, everybody. Before the break, I think I mentioned that the women's basketball game is today. It is actually tomorrow at the State Farm Center, as you heard there. Steve Kelly, along with Lauren Tate. I'm in Iowa City. Lauren's in Champaign. And our friend Kedrick Price is somewhere between the Quad Cities and Iowa City. Good morning, Kedrick. How you doing? Not bad, gentlemen. I'm probably about five minutes away from Iowa City, so I'm wow. close. You got it up in the early start. You've been putting some uh, miles on the car this week, haven't you? Oh, you wait till nine. I'm going to try to get to the basketball game down in the night when this is over, if I can get out of the traffic. But, yeah, I've been all over the, been all over the Midwest so you were in Chicago Thursday night for the Adam Miller announcement. Give me your thoughts on how that went, and did it go as you thought it might? 
Yeah, I think it's one of the worst kept secrets probably I've known for, you know, for the last couple of years. I and mean, he, you know, people knew he was going to come to Illinois. Uh, it was just, you know, a matter of him making that, making it official and, you know, doing the whole press conference thing. It was, he, he did it with class. Um, he's a well-spoken kid and he could tell he's passionate about it. Um, you know, Illinois recruited this kid since he was in eighth grade. So, you know, he knows everything about the University of Illinois and what they have to offer. And, you know, I'm just really impressed with what Brad Underwood has done with this basketball roster. I mean, it's been since probably Bill Self and, you know, Jimmy Collins, you know, when they just continue to recruit the way they're recruiting. I mean, this is a really good roster. It's got to win games now. I mean, this year and next year. Well, Kedrick, um, this is Lauren. Uh, what were the factors in your mind that went into him not signing with the Illinois, merely announcing verbally that he would intended to come? Uh, what what are the what are the reasons behind that? I've heard multiple different things, and I, I'm gonna tell you what I heard. And I don't, I'm I'm gonna be honest, I don't like it, but I tell you one I heard there was a scholarship issue. They were talking about the number of scholarships, which I've not had the chance to count ad. I've heard that from a number of good sources. Then a number of people made the comment that he and I are really good friends, but he doesn't want to play in the crowd of backcourt. And if he, if I doesn't go to the NBA, you know, he, you know, for some reason changes his mind, you got a crowd of backcourt. You got Alan Griffin, who's a wing. You know, he's not a guard, but he can play the three. And Alan Mills can play the three. And then you got Trent. Then you have Andre Cabello, and then you have Isle. There's only so many, you know, so many shots in that offense. So that was the other part that I heard, and I, I can't blame the kid for doing that. I mean, I really truly can't. I mean, it's just a lot of people are upset about it because if you're going to commit, then you commit. But I also understand where the kid's coming from. I just, I'm not a fan of it, but I, I understand and I have to respect it. You, uh, you said you mentioned too. First would be the the fact that. That Io uh, that he would expect Io to turn pro, and I think the Illini expect that to be the case. Also, do you think uh, Io is playing well enough to be able to go pro after this year? I'm one of the, the crazy people who think Io is doing okay. The only thing I think he's doing differently is two things. I think he's forced a couple shots, but like a lot of people criticized his play the other day. I think he has 16 points on 711 shooting. The only thing he's not doing well, he's not shooting the three wall right now, which we've, we, you know, I've seen you guys in the gym this summer when he's made shots and, yep. and his shots improved. He's just not making jump shots. Once those jump shots start to fall, not just for him, for all the players, Illinois is going to be a really, really dangerous team because Kofi's doing things that we didn't think he was going to do. Potentially, he had the potential to do it, but I really think once Ariel starts knocking down shots and the, and the floaters, he's going to be fine. He's not a 25-point score. That's, that's not who Iowa is. Iowa's a floor general, and what got his name mentioned on the NBA draft charts to begin with, because he averaged 13, 14 points a game. So, once his jump shot starts to fall, I think people will be okay. I think people were really, really critical of him when they play, went out to Arizona and played. I mean, it would have been nice if they would have won, but let's be honest. You're on the road, and you're playing you know, at a school that's won over 100 games you know, in the last few years. So, to me, I don't think it was that bad. I look at the you know the big picture. If they came to Champagne and I was making jump shot, it's a different game. Well, Kedrick so Prince, I, 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 I'm not panicking. Kedrick, I think you've uh, mentioned two things that you thought one was was Iowa. Was there another factor that w- went into that consideration? 
which part one? I'm, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I said you, I thought you mentioned that there were two reasons why you thought he did not sign, and you mentioned Iowa. I, I, was there another thought that you had? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just the number of scholarships. Okay. Well, there was a rumor going around that there was a number of scholarships, and I, I have not had a chance to do the math with that, but people said that that was – I actually tried to call yesterday to verify that because I didn't want to assume anything, but I heard that there was a, that there was a reason. I don't know if that's true or not. Okay. Go ahead, Steve. Well, you got two guys sitting out that uh, transferred, so there, there's a couple there. But uh, you know, back to Iowa, I think, you know, maybe he's uh, – He's a big, big game player, perhaps, and uh, when the when the lights get a little brighter, he'll turn it up, and the, it won't be long until that happens. With uh, you got a couple more games against uh, Hampton and one against uh, Linden, one then you play Miami, and then you play back-to-back Big Ten games in early December. So uh, it'll start heating up pretty quick, won't it, uh, Kedrick? Steve, I agree with you, and if you look at the game, and I mean it's kind of sad. I had a reporter text me yesterday. And, this thing with people, what he's disappointed with Illinois is that they play through the level of competition. Take a step back and look at the Arizona game. For the first 30 minutes, they played with them. I mean, they were shooting it. They were moving quicker. Iowa was in transition. You know, there was a stretch. We scored six or eight points. He hasn't done that against Hampton and Hawaii. I mean, not Hampton, sorry, Citadel and Hawaii because the competition isn't as good. Do I like that? No. But I guarantee you, when the lights cut on, you're right. You're going to see a little, you know, an extra pep and their step because they know that they have to perform and play. And, you know, you get, you know, you can lose those games, you know, if things don't go your way. But I really think that once they know they play, you know, uh, Miami and when they go to Maryland, you're going to see a different group of kids. You're going to see, you know, things different, even things with Georgia. I mean, to me, I think, I think Georgia's kind of coasted a little bit because the last game, you can see him starting to pick it up a little bit. I think it's there. It's just a plan to a level of competition. Illinois has uh, Kofi Coburn averaging 15 points to a ball game. Uh, Io and Feliz averaging 14. Frazier averaging just under 10. So almost all five starters in double figures. And then Alan Griffin off the bench. Uh, speaking of the bench, wh- what are your thoughts about the Illinois depth at this point in time? It's been depressing. I, what I wish is that Alan Griffin would get more minutes. You know, you're going to get the rebounding from you know, from DeMonte. And as much as people don't want to admit it, losing Tevian Jones hurts. It hurts because he can stretch the floor and he can score, and he does rebound well. Is he a great defensive player? Probably not. But you can flip the strip and say, you know, um, DeMonte Williams is a scorer, but he plays defense. I think they need that depth. If, some, if they're going to be good, you can't go through a whole season with just, you know, you know maybe BBB getting – three or four points, or Alan Griffin, if he's off, you know, he's one for six. You know, DeMonte's not going to score. You're not going to get much bench production. So you're going to need Tevin. At some point in time, I hope he figures this out, he's going to be a big factor in that bench because then you give guys a break and he gives them a different look that no one else on that roster can do right now. Alan Griffin can score in bunches, but I think that depth at some point in time, or, or, or maybe when somebody gets in foul trouble, you know, the Illinois has been lucky because Kofi hasn't been in foul trouble. Georgie has. When he got in foul trouble, it made Kofi's minutes extend, and you could see that he was fatigued, and it affected his game a little bit. I think that's been one of the most impressive things about Kofi is the fact that we haven't had to, to talk about foul trouble at all. Hopefully we're not uh, jinxing that, but uh, he seems to be under control in there defensively. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what else was really impressive. 
Monday night when they played, I thought offensively he didn't look polished. He looked really, really robotic. He didn't look like he had good post moves. Then the next game, Wednesday, you could tell the staff put work in with him. His footwork changed 180 degrees in two days because he was making post moves, and I thought if he can do this, I think even Steve Bardo mentioned it on, on the telecast, if he can do this, he's going to be tough to stop because before, early on, he was just turning around trying to dunk on people. Now he's got like a little hook, and he's shooting it a little bit better. I think if he can develop better post moves by the time January comes around, I mean, people are worried about Iowa. I'd be worried about him because the days of, you know, the Shaquille Mills are gone, but he's an impressive specimen. And to be putting up 15 points a game and 12.6 rebounds a game for a freshman, that's really, really good. Kedrick, you just got a couple of moments here. Uh, any thoughts on the football game today? Can Illinois hang with, uh, with Iowa up front? Here's my concern. Illinois has to throw the football today. You, if you think you're going to run, go to come to Iowa City and run the ball on Iowa, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I think teams have – I think they've defended the, the run for Illinois this year because Brandon Peters will run once or twice a game. He's not a running quarterback. So I think they're taking the run game away. If Illinois has a chance today, they better throw the football, convert the – you know, when they throw the football. I think it opens up the running game. And I think that, you know, everybody knows what Iowa does with their tight ends. You have to make sure that their tight ends don't get loose because they'll throw the ball 10 or 15 yards. That's what keeps drives alive. I think they've gotten turnovers against receivers because they're not as big. Iowa has big tight ends. So, to me, they better throw the ball and convert it. And I know Rod Smith and Lovey likes to run it, but I don't think that's going to be effective today. And if they get behind on Iowa today, I mean, like they did against Michigan, I don't know if that's going to be possible. If they throw it, I think it'll be a different game. Hey, Kendrick, appreciate your time. We'll look uh, forward to seeing you up here in the uh, press box in Iowa City. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. That's Kendrick Prince from Orange and Blue News with us. You can check them out at illinois.rivals.com. As we approach 830 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, early edition of Illini Pella Saturday's Sports Talk with you until 930 when our pregame coverage continues and begins and rolls on through the day for football, then later basketball. Stay with us. We're back with more after this. It's part of a football-basketball doubleheader coming up tonight, Illinois and Hampton men's basketball. 7 o'clock tip at State Farm Center. Illini game day starts at 5.30. Welcome back, everybody, to Illini Fellows Saturday Sports Talk. Lauren Tate is in Champaign. Steve Kelly with you from Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City where the Illini take on the Iowa Hawkeyes in Big Ten football here today at 11 o'clock. Happy to welcome back to the program Joe Hendrickson from uh, City Suburban Hoops Report. Want to talk a little bit about uh, the Adam Miller verbal commitment and non-signing uh, situation from the other night. Joe, good morning. How are you? I'm good, guys. How you doing? Good. Tell us more about Adam Miller as a player and uh, his uh, verbal commitment with Illinois, how you think that all fits in, what that does for the potential of uh, next year's Illinois recruiting class. Well, the first thing is Adam's just a, uh, he's a bona fide high major scoring combo guard. And he brings a lot of value in terms of the, 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 the you know, the physical makeup. He's a big bodied guard. He can, you know, six, three and a half. Uh, and he can play on and off the ball. You know, I think he's an elite shooter. 
some of the numbers I've, I've, I've talked about this before with people just his numbers aren't great as far as percentages and things like that but I think that's more of a result of you know shot selection and and some of the style and system he plays in where he is kind of the guy and puts up a lot of shots and um, I think that's going to really improve once he gets in college because everything's there to be an elite shooter you know he's got you know mechanically sound off his release the the you know his, his body's big he can get shots off um, so he's going to be a high level perimeter shooter at the college level and I think it's really going to help that Curbelo's in the fold Andre Curbelo they're you know it's recruiting class because he is a pass first make others around him better point guard and Adam Miller will thrive off of that so that's a great combination uh, and, and Adam Miller can also slide and play some point guard as well so in that regard it's ideal uh, you know how he fits in for next year you know some of those parts remain to be seen you know if, if some of those guys are back you know if, if Kofi sticks around a second year obviously it looks like Io um, the plan is for Io not to be there uh, so all of that bodes well for Illinois because you are you know replacing a high level guy with another one do you have an opinion on his decision not to sign during this period well, I, I think that the, I mean, if everything goes status quo, I don't think there's going to be any problem. And that means Illinois has a pretty good season. You know, they're they're set up to do so. Io has a very good season and goes to the NBA and Adam Miller signs the spring. Now, I, 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 you know, some people are all, I saw on Twitter and, you know, some people comment about, well, this is just Eric Gordon or whatever. I don't see it like that. I mean, I, I think if things for some reason went south, and by that I mean in Adam Miller's eyes, then yeah, it could change. But I I don't think his intent is, you know, just to play Illinois and, 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 and leave them. Because I, I give a lot of power to the player in these situations with how transient college basketball is and fluid it is. With whether it be coaching staffs or players and personnel or who's there and who's not, and, uh, you know, if you look at I.O., yes, you know, the, the idea and plan is NBA, but, you know, I, I don't, I also look at I.O. and I don't, I don't see a slam dunk, no brainer, no doubt about a first round NBA draft pick. So, you know, I think that remains to be seen. But a lot of players now are going no matter what. I mean, I, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, he didn't care if he was a second rounder or first rounder, and there's, there's a few other guys I've heard from NBA people or, and their college coaches that they don't care. They, they just they they want to get to the league and uh, get paid, and and uh, it's the right to do so. But you know, Adam Miller can look at Illinois and and from a you know a non-signing and look at it as okay, I'm gonna see how this trans how this season you know translates over the next. Uh, three four months. What I'm going to do in three or four months, uh, and just kind of you know take a back seat right now. Uh, all the recruiting pressure is off of him. He can go enjoy his senior year and, and just continue to analyze a, a situation in Champaign as, as it plays out. Hey Joe, where, uh, this is Lauren. Where is Horton Tucker now? Oh, that's a good question. I think he's in the. I haven't even followed up. I believe he's, uh, he's not on a roster. Um, is he in the G League? Question. What, 
Yeah, I and mean, that's my, yeah. <clears throat> I just don't know where. And did Stewart sign with Duke? Uh, yeah. Okay. He did. How do you compare? And, and, you know, that, that, that's a great example. Um, you know, DJ Stewart, and that, he's not in that position. You know, he's not in. He tells Duke, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit but not sign. I mean, well, Duke is Duke, man. They're not going <laughs> to sit around and wait for DJ Stewart. And uh, where, where Illinois is just in that situation where it's a great get for them. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a boon for their for in so many ways, uh, PR wise, um, talent wise, uh, recruiting pipeline into the Chicago area, and, and all of that is such a positive. But Adam Miller still has a little bit more of the power in this than than like a DJ Stewart has with Duke. Any uh, any uh, secrets up there about seniors right now that are available that uh, are coming on? I'm coach. You haven't seen any games yet, but based on the summer, are there? Any other seniors that compare with Stewart and Miller? Uh, no. I mean, this, this class is very uh, top-heavy in terms of, you know, there's only, gonna, there's only one unsigned potential high major left, and that's Jeremiah Williams at Simeon, but he's more of a mid-major, mid-major plus type player. Otherwise, everybody else is, is accounted for. There's been five high majors. You know, DJ Stewart, Adam Miller going to Duke and Illinois. Martise Mitchell from Bloom is going to Minnesota. Marcus Watson, the point guard from Morgan Park, who plays with Adam Miller, is going to Lake Forest. And then Tyler Eulis, his little brother, Aaron Eulis, at Murray Catholic, uh, signed with Iowa. So those are your five high majors. And the only one out there left is, as I mentioned, Jeremiah Williams, who I don't think is going to end up a high major anyway. Go ahead, Steve. Is the high school basketball season ever going to start? <laughs> yeah, it starts with a bang um, a Monday night. Uh, you know, and, and to be honest, I wish college basketball started later. I'm tired of this early November marathon of a season. I mean, I just keep pushing that high college basketball season up further and further and further, and uh, I, I don't like it. But, you know, Monday night, Adam Miller will play DJ Stewart as Whitney Young and Morgan Park open the season against each other up at Chicago State Monday night. So I'll be up there. You mentioned uh, Curbelo earlier. You like that uh, signing. Uh, have you had a chance to see much of him in action? I, I haven't seen a ton of him, but the amount I've seen is enough. I, I love him. I, mean, I absolutely love him. And I, I just I think he's who you build programs and teams around. Uh, I tend to, you know, when you're out there watching and your focus is Illinois and Illinois only as far as my recruiting service and everything that I do, and but you can't help but watch other players and, and AAU teams and things like that. And it, it's, you know, your head like spins and turns to certain players. And I remember seeing that with or, or feeling that with him and be like, oh, man, I, you know, this kid is really gets it, knows how to play, is poised, understanding. Uh, he, he appears to be like the, a winning kind of pedigree type of player. And all he's got to do is get better with his shot. And I think that, you know, it's not broke. So he, he's going to be fine. Players always get better shooting the basketball. And he's going to be one of them. I mean, if you would have told me Ayo Desumu would, would be anywhere close to the freshman shooter that he was coming out of high school, I would have been shocked. So for him to shoot over 30% from three, because, you know, his shot was a little jacked up coming out of high school. And, <laughs> He, he uh, you know, he's still not a real great shooter, but uh, he's an efficient enough shooter now. 
uh, kind of a spot-up guy on the perimeter from three. So I, I have no problem or no worries that Curbelo is going to do the same. Uh, Joe, do you see the Big Ten this year is, uh, in my view, a little bit down? Uh, after uh, Michigan State, Maryland, and Ohio State, I, I don't think we know much about everybody else. I mean, there's an awful lot of player shifts. Um, I, I understand Nebraska's only got one returning player from last year. Is that right? And and uh, this seems like the across the board, Northwestern looks like really weak. What are your thoughts on the yeah. league? Well, I'll go a step further, Lauren. That in my one month of kind of three weeks here of watching college basketball, I just think the whole – I think everybody's down. Uh, and and you, you look at the players in college basketball from across the country, and then you mentioned a little bit, you know, the Big Ten, like guys that are considered first and second team all Big Ten or guys that are considered first and second team, you know, all Americans. It just doesn't – seem to stack up with with you know historically and uh yeah i, I agree i i just think the level overall i think that bodes well for illinois though i mean I, there, there's so many programs in the big 10 i think have question marks up and down and uh and and there's i don't want to call them bottom feeders but there are a, a couple of programs in the big 10 that seem to really be a, a kind of rock bottom northwestern you mentioned a couple of their losses are despite being a really down year, are pretty puzzling uh, in this first few weeks of the season. So all of that, you could say it bodes well for Illinois' win total. It'll be interesting to see, though, with Illinois' kind of lack of uh, tough non-conference schedule. You know, you kind of hope the Big Ten's ramped up a little bit to kind of bolster your your resume and your NCAA tournament credentials because you don't want the Big Ten to be down to the point where, you know, it's going to hurt them. Uh, but I, I just see it across the country that way, so maybe it won't be as, as uh, eye-opening to the Big Ten because I think, I think it's that way kind of across the board in college basketball. One more question for Joe Henriksen. Your thoughts of Kofi Coburn through the first five games? Uh, I think he's better than I anticipated, to be honest. I mean, I, I had seen him quite a bit uh, in high school, you know, throughout his AAU years, and and I didn't think the biggest thing for him is he they did some really great work with him once he got on campus as far as conditioning, getting his body right, getting his body better because that that was like I said, man, how is he going to play like extended extended minutes? And um, so I, I think he's been I think he's better than advertised. I don't know what Illinois fans had anticipated or expected. I know because of his ranking and things like that that there was a lot, but I, I thought there'd be a big time learning curve. He's still extremely raw offensively. There's no question, but his pure size and and, and body type and uh, and knowing who he is all kind of blends together to, to to get to the player he is right now. Now my only concern is just him and Georgie together. That's always been my concern because you have to play them as much as you can together because they're two of your three best players. And they, they don't, you know, seamlessly go together. Uh, so, you know, I, I think Georgie has been, you know, not as productive or as efficient as we saw for much of the last year. Uh, but, you know, that, that hopefully that kind of works itself out a little bit as he gets a little bit more accustomed and comfortable uh, to being a little bit of a different role. We'll give you a, a few free seconds of advertising time. If you'd like to let the folks know the best way for them to keep uh, track of you, Joe. 
Yeah, I think it, I mean at Joe Hoops Report, um, you know, on Twitter, and then uh, all my stuff can be found, my stories and updates and things like that on there at Joe Hoops Report. And then obviously the Chicago Sun Times, I I do a lot of their bas- all their college basketball recruiting, and and uh, you can go online there and read uh, at the Sun Times all the high school basketball and recruiting there. Hey Joe, we appreciate your time. Always good to talk basketball. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Hey, thanks. Thank you, guys. Yep. Joe Hendrickson from uh, City Suburban Hoops Report. We'll take a break. We'll talk some Illinois-Iowa football with Gary Dolphin in just a moment. Stay with us. Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk continues after this. Join us for the Lovey Smith Radio Show live at Papa Dell's Pizza Factory in Champaign. It'll be head coach Lovey Smith. will be joined by members of the Kiwanis Tom Jones Challenger League, 7 o'clock Monday night. And we continue on Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with you from Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. Lauren Tate in our Champaign studios. We're joined here in the booth by our friend Gary Dolphin. How many years now calling the Hawkeye games? Uh, we're uh, wrapping up number 23, I say we, uh, the great Ed Podolak and, uh, and yours truly, Steve. And uh, uh, thankfully, we've had more good years than bad. And, and uh, Illinois, uh, I was telling somebody the other day in Chicago, it's uh, – Good to see Illinois uh, uh, back where uh, Illinois used to be uh, because the Big Ten, to me, is better when Illinois is better. And uh, not, and Nebraska will be better again someday. And it uh, makes for a great competitive uh, division and Big Ten conference. When we talked on the phone, you had a good line, I thought. Uh, you, you said the Big Ten is better when the home of uh, the Galloping Ghost and Dick Butkus is doing well. Two of my all-time uh, favorites. Uh, you know, ironically, Ed Podolak, uh, the Galloping Ghost single-game rushing record, stood for, I think, 35 years until Podolak broke it in 1968 with 285 yards. His record lasted one week. <laughs> Ron Johnson from Michigan <laughs> ran for 300 the next week. But uh, all great names. Of course, Butkus, uh, you know, I was growing up in the 60s, and Butkus and Gail Sayers were everything to me with the Bears, and, uh, and it's good to see Richard still getting around. Say hello to Mr. Lauren Tate. Hi, Lauren. How you doing, Gary? Good I'm to hear from good. you. Great to hear your voice. Uh, <laughs> look forward to seeing you uh, come basketball season. Well, uh, that will happen. Uh, and I'll ask you about basketball later. But right now, uh, this this series between Iowa was so strong for so long. And then I, we've had these hiatus. We had, a, what, a five-year hi, five hiatus uh, back through 2013, I believe. I think it was six years they six went years, without okay. playing. Uh, way too long, I know and, that. And it was 15 years back in the, back at starting in, the, in what, 1953 or 1953. so? Well, that was for another reason. I, I guess understand. they had a, a little fisticuffs at the end of the game or something. Uh, uh, I, I didn't even know that until I read that here in the last uh, week or two. Uh, I thought it was always Minnesota-Iowa that uh, didn't like each other. But apparently when Evashevsky uh, got it turned here, there was some type of uh, incident. I, I don't know. It involved some fans. I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah, thankfully, was... thankfully, we're not worried about that today. No, no, no. That's too long ago. But uh, the thing I wonder is whether has Illinois really gotten back into this thing or not? I, I think these two wins over Michigan State and, and uh, Wisconsin uh, can be misleading in a sense in that the Illini were pretty dominated early. And I, I would think, it, uh, would it be your uh, thinking that if, if I was able to dominate early, that it, that uh, they won't be susceptible to what happened uh, in in those two particular games? Uh, well, I agree with you there because of Iowa's defense. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, uh, but again, uh, it's it's the lovey way, and that is turnovers. And when you turn the ball over, uh, all bets are off. I mean, that Michigan State comeback was was incredible. And you and I both know it's nice to have Lady Luck on your side. Hayden Fry used to say, 
you know, Lady Luck needs to smile on the rump of that big old dog once in a while. And <laughs> and, the, and he was saying that when Iowa got it turned in the in the early 80s and have been on a pretty good consistent roll. And I, and I think this is the start of a similar run for Illinois. It doesn't matter how you win as long as you win. Uh, and, and, yeah, you know, perhaps they've got a four-leaf four clover in their back pocket. That That's all well and good. Uh, Iowa and Ohio State, though, are the best in the Big Ten at not giving the football away. So, so something's got to give today. The thing about Iowa, uh, uh, Lauren, as you know, uh, consistently here, Norm Parker to Phil Parker, uh, even Bill Brazier before them, is they've had outstanding defensive coordinators. Uh, they, they don't get real cute. They just line up in that 4-3 and – you know, they're blitzing a little bit more, but they're a base 4-3 defense. They feel they can be more physical than you over four quarters. And, you know, that young guy from Edwardsville, Illinois, I'm sure as heck glad he escaped across the river and came to Iowa City because uh, A.J. Epinesa is the real deal. And he's been the catalyst uh, for that defense all season long. Yeah, I saw. Oh. Go ahead, Steve. No, you go ahead, Lauren. Well, I was just going to say I saw Epinesa play uh, basketball for Edwardsville when he was on the same team with Mark Smith a few years back. They had a really good team. Uh, but uh, he's uh, there's more to the defense, obviously, at Iowa than just one guy. And what is it about this thing that that he, that that Ference has been able to do this year after year? What what's the secret? I don't know that there is a secret other than uh, they've got a great strength and conditioning program. Chris Doyle has been here since day one with Kirk. Uh, Norm Parker uh, was a Hall of Fame type defensive coordinator. Norm always told me, if you got a really good quarterback and a really good defense, you're going to win championships. Well, Iowa's had good quarterbacks, uh, Brad Banks to Drew Tate to Ricky Stanzi to present-day Nate Stanley, uh, Nate Chandler before him, I mean, on and on. Uh, and, they're, and they're not perfect by, by a long stretch, but they've always had a good quarterback and a solid running game. Uh, and then, obviously, the defense has been very stout. And I don't think it's anything more than just good scheming. Uh, uh, they're not they're not going to blitz a lot because Norm Parker always said, I'll go to Vegas on your money. I'm not going to Vegas on my money. So he did not like to take chances. He always felt uh, that, that if you make teams drive at 12, 13 plays, mm-hmm. you're going to get a turnover eventually. But don't let them beat you long with the big play. You know, up until Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor, who you know is pretty good, Iowa had not given up a play of 20 yards or more all season long. Now, that that's, what, eight, eight, nine games into the year. Never a play of plus 20. I mean, it's truly remarkable. Now, they've given up a few uh, since then to Wisconsin and Minnesota, but uh, on balance, they're just good, solid defense. Uh, and they, t- you know, they're not turning people over as much as they have in the past, but they're still very good. And, and it comes down to physicality and just good, smart football players. We're talking to the voice of the Hawkeyes, Gary Dolphin. Illinois still leads in this series by four games over the years, but the Hawkeyes have dominated lately, winning nine of the last ten. Matter of fact, the last time Illinois won here was in Kirk Ferentz's first year, 1999. Kirk Kittner was playing quarterback. Josh Whitman was a tight end for the Illini in that ballgame. And that? Illinois won 40-24. to Kittner had 289 yards passing in a couple of TDs, and Neil Rackers, the Illinois kicker, caught a touchdown pass. That's the other thing I could tell you bothers uh, or concerns Kirk Ferentz today is your punter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about Steve Weatherford the other day and what a great career he had at Illinois and in the NFL. This guy 
this guy's crowding uh, some of the numbers that uh, Steve Weatherford put up. And that was the other thing about Norm Parker is he always loved great field position for his defense. If you pin him in the red zone or the, or the, uh, the opposite end of the field, you got a great chance to make plays. And, and that'll be a factor today. And Iowa has a pretty good field goal kicker themselves in Keith Duncan, 23 out of 26. Number one in the country and made field goals. That's the good news. That's the bad news. <laughs> Going into Minnesota last year, I've never seen this. Iowa had 20, 22 field goals and 21 touchdowns hmm. on the season. Now, you like field goals. Don't get me wrong. But uh, they've just they've gotten to the red zone this year. They've just not been able to finish drives. Now, last week, three opening three possessions, three touchdowns. But, but the key is the middle three blocking positions for Iowa, guard to guard, uh, much improved. Uh, they were really beat up. They lost their, uh, uh, their uh, right guard starter to a torn ACL early in the year. Uh, Cole Banward hasn't played, fourth-year guy. Uh, so they've got a, a walk-on in there, Kyler Schott, who's pretty good. they got a redshirt freshman at center who's never played the position before until this year. And they got a kid, a senior at left guard, one of the Paulson twins, who's never played until this year. So they really struggled early in the year. And as you guys know, if Iowa doesn't have that inside zone run, it affects everything else they do. They've been better the last couple of weeks. Lauren Gary's got about two or three minutes before he goes on the air. Get your basketball question in. <laughs> well, I just, uh, I, how we, how, what does it look like? I mean, it didn't look very good against DePaul. Maybe that was just a, a, a bad start, huh? You get down 19 to two or 13 to nothing, whatever. Well, DePaul came out and hit like three or four threes. In fact, uh, Jalen Coleman Lands was a real fly in the ointment. I know you guys are familiar with him in the past, but uh, yeah, they just they just didn't do much right. Uh, turned the ball over, I think, 20 times that night, Lauren. And uh, now they played pretty good since then. They beat Oral Roberts and then they uh, won uh, over North Texas or excuse me, North Florida uh, the other night. Is a really good three-point shooting team. And they got Cal Poly tomorrow before they run into Texas Tech Thanksgiving night out in Vegas. Uh, the, the mystery is, will Jordan Bohannon play or will he not play? He had the hip surgery in May. And uh, what he does will affect everybody else. I mean, Iowa has the bigs, Garza and Nunji and Pemsel and Creener, but uh, they got to have shooters on that perimeter. And if they don't have Jordan Bohannon, then they're playing with one arm behind their back because they got to turn to a pure freshman in Joe Toussaint, who's pretty good, but he's a pure freshman. Well, now, Bohannon's playing, so what does that mean? Well, he's playing until uh, they, they bump up against the limit of games played, and then they've got to make a decision. Uh, and he's had good nights and bad nights. I mean, he, he just had the hip surgery in May, so he's still feeling his way. Uh, you know, the, the word always was that he was going to redshirt and then come back next year with all these guys that come back. But I, I don't know. We'll just ha we'll have to wait and see. They'll have to make a decision here probably uh, prior to December 1st. Hey, Gary, appreciate your time. Always good to see you. Good to see you and good to hear you, Lauren. T take care, bud. Okay, Dolph. Take care. That's Gary Dolphin with Thanks, us. Steve. He's going to go next door to his uh, radio booth, get on the air for the uh, start of their broadcast on uh, their busy day and uh, busy time, busy month of uh, broadcasting in Iowa and Illinois as well with the uh, football and basketball seasons overlapping. As we approach the top of the hour, we've got another 30 minutes before our uh, pregame coverage begins at 9.30 with Scott Beatty and Lauren Tate and company. Our phone lines will be open 356-9397 here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Back with more after this. Join us for a volleyball women's basketball doubleheader on Sunday at noon. It's Illini Volleyball at Ohio State in Columbus. At 2 o'clock, Illini women's basketball against Bryant. 
It is 9.02 on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lawrence Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. Speaking of Illini Pella, our friends there have created a lifestyle series of wood windows and patio doors to provide outstanding sound control and energy efficiency, all at an amazing value. Most styles are available with triple-pane glass, which can improve energy conservation. Pella Lifestyle Series is a leader in energy efficiency, Plus, you can personalize solutions for each room in your home with available product packages. With the Pella Lifestyle Series, you can choose the features that fit your project's unique style. And with so many colors, finishes, and grill pattern options, you'll find Lifestyle Series windows and patio doors to complement your home and your budget. The Pella Lifestyle Series windows and doors are designed to last for years, finished with their exclusive EnduraGuard wood protection and EnduraClad aluminum clad exterior. Check it out at Illini Pella, the Pella Window Store, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Give them a call 356-6474 or check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. Phone lines are open 356-9397. Anything on your mind, uh, give, uh, give us a call. Football, basketball, whatever you might be thinking on uh, this busy Saturday. We started off talking a bit about Adam Miller and his production of a verbal commitment. He had uh, he had folks uh, standing around and waiting quite a while in Chicago Thursday night to uh, verbally commit but not sign. But uh, apparently he likes the spotlight. Well, I, I can't blame him for that, I guess. I mean, that's just – that's become – you know, that's the same place two years earlier that Io – at the Jordan uh, place, yep. that, that's where I made his announcement. So Miller's following those footsteps, but I don't think he, you know, from what I hear, I don't think he wants to follow an Iowa. He wants to follow an Iowa's footsteps. I don't know, you know, if the if the place gets crowded and Iowa comes back and there's and they have a lot of guards, it, it might be a little touchy whether or not he comes. I, I you know, I think that is that's the thing that's up for grabs right now with him not signing. Well, you can make a case that. You know, why sign? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. Uh, when you don't have to. Yeah. The Illini fans wanted him to sign. No doubt about that. But uh, he's in a position, as Joe Hendrickson mentioned uh, last hour, that uh, this is not Duke at the moment. Uh, Duke's not going to wait for anybody in most cases. So he just felt like uh, he had a little leverage there. And might, why not use it? Yeah. The Illini will have to stay close with him all year. And I'm sure Chen Coleman will. He'll be up there, I'm sure, for a lot of their games. And. And they'll stay close. And if everything goes normally, you know, but things things never go normally in basketball, it seems like. Uh, you know, I just was reading today about uh, Goodman, uh, who started this idea of ch- uh, checking how many transfers are in basketball. Started That first year, and that's about a bit of four or five years ago, Steve, it was, he had around 250. Last year, he traced 800 transfers. So people are... You know, these guys are moving awfully fast. And at the same time, I also read an article about the the fact that the NCA just is at wit's end on what to do about transfers. In other words, should they allow them or should they continue to evaluate each one and have what I would call an inconsistent result, inconsistent uh, decisions? You might have noticed that Tom Izzo, who was on that board, uh, for the for the transfer, uh, seeking the transfer of Hauser, who is an outstanding player at Marquette, 
and is now at Michigan State. He had hoped to get him back this year, and they declined his uh, 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 his uh, waiver attempt, and Izzo resigned the board in upset that, uh, over what happened. So there's a lot of inconsistency and uncertainty about this whole business of waivers, and I just think that probably one of these days the NCAA is just going to step out of the – just solve the problem by letting anybody uh, transfer whenever they want to. That's what I expect to see happen. Let's go to the phones. As I mentioned, the lines are open, 356-9397. Alan is with us. Go ahead, Alan. Morning, guys. Uh, might have stole my thunder just a little bit. I was going to have a basketball and a football question. Uh, the basketball question <clears throat> was about Miller, whether he uh, is going to stay committed through the winter and stuff. I'm a little bit concerned about that. And uh Sounds like Michigan made a real heavy push at the end, and yeah, yeah. they may be in the hunt. And you know these these schools are probably not going to quit. They're probably going to keep trying, checking out, see if uh, see how his availability is. Absolutely. So we're going to have to stick it out till April, in my opinion. Well, I don't know. I don't know that you, you ever stop recruiting somebody. So, and this is a good case of that. We've had we've had them sign and leave, if you yeah, remember. Exactly. Yeah. We've had them commit well, and leave. We've had them true. sign and leave. Well, that's true too. What was now, your football? On the football side of it, is any of our uh, injured players going to be back? Well, it sounds like Vatiku's back. It sounds like Hanson is not back. That's what I hear, and that's not official. And Ockley has to set out first quarter. I'm sorry, what? Ockley, does he have to set out the first quarter for suspension uh, or targeting? Not to my knowledge. Do you know anything about that, Steve? Well, I forgot about that. That that happened. That happened the first play. I mean, the first second yeah, series. That was in first quarter, so he has to set out a quarter, doesn't he? Well, first quarter. No, they don't do it by quarters. They do not do it by quarters. They do it by halves. So the fact that he didn't play in the second half, does that count, or does he have to sit out the first half of this game? Oh, man. That's what, I'll look into that when the, when the team gets here. They're up on their way. Matter of fact, I think I see the buses backing in here at Kinnick Stadium. What else you got, Alan? That's it. That's it. Let's go get them today. We owe them some last year, big time. Well, yeah, they're 63 to nothing was the score last year. We'll have some comments from players and coaches about that as we move along on, the, on this ball game, which uh, gets underway just after 11 o'clock. A crowd of uh, 69,000. This place holds 69.250 for a football. Do we have a time for next uh, week's game, Northwestern? Yep, 11 o'clock next week as well. That's what I figured. Okay. All yep. right. That's all yep. I got. Thanks for Thank the call. You. Three five six nine three nine seven is the uh, number if you'd like to jump in. We've got another twenty minutes with you here on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk before our game day coverage begins. The Northwestern game it'll be Senior Day next week, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and uh, historically, Lauren, the the crowds of that uh, that particular game aren't good. Hopefully, that'll change. Maybe Illinois coming off if they're coming off a fifth straight win, if they get that today, that would certainly help but uh, that that's a tough ticket there to uh, to get uh, a lot of bodies in the stands well particularly you know with thanksgiving on thursday and the students gone and yeah and most of them won't be back and so you lose that student numbers and then you you it's just cold and rainy and wet and <laughs> this time of year and you just don't know what you're going to get in terms of what you have to sit through so 
Yeah, I, it won't be a big crowd for Northwestern. Uh, my concern is just real, so real simple: Can the Illinois beat Northwestern? Illinois will be a favorite, but uh, and I'm I'm stunned at how much of an underdog Northwestern is today. But uh, I, I think Northwestern, you know, I I think Northwestern should be better. I don't understand what happened. How can you how can you win 15 out of 16 games? And then lose every game. And by the way, when will they win any Big Ten game in football or basketball this season? <laughs> That's a good question. They're a 14. They're a two-touchdown underdog today at home, but they're playing number 10 Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, so maybe that's not surprising. No, but I how, guess it isn't. I, how I, many times, though, Lord, have you and I and Illini fans who have been around a while uh, and followed Illinois-Northwestern football games, how many times have you seen over the years Northwestern just rise up and uh, seem to take that game more seriously? Every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they do take it more seriously. No kidding. I mean, when Illinois, I've seen Illinois favored in, in this many times and, and just not play up to their ability, and I, I go all the way back a long way on this. And it's just always the case that this, this is a game that Northwestern has always won. They consider this more of a, a rivalry than Illinois does. Now, I know that uh, Lovey has said that that team up north trying to create the same kind of, you know, uh, passion that you see for uh, the Ohio State and Michigan or something like that. And it just isn't there. I mean, Il- Illinois fans can't, can't seem to get up for a Northwestern game. It is 9-12. We'll take a timeout, and when we come back, we'll talk a little more Illinois basketball. We'll hear from uh, Brad Underwood about uh, the way things are going thus far. We'll also hear some comments from uh, Benjamin Busman's Verdont as uh, he works to uh, figure out the uh, language barrier, and he's doing a good job of that, and he's uh, showing some uh, good minutes so far. So we'll hear from him and the Illini coach. We'll keep the phone lines open as well on Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk. Back with more after this. Hi, this is Brian Barnhart. Illini action all over the place this weekend. We'll talk about it on the Monday Morning Quarterback Show with Lauren Tate, 9 to 11 on Penny for Your Thoughts on Monday. Have a great weekend. It is 916, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. We're getting set for Big Ten football today here at Kinnick Stadium. The sun has popped out in Iowa City. We've got 30 degrees, partly sunny at the moment. No precipitation in the Saturday forecast, at least, here in Iowa City. Let's go back to the phones. Marty in Pinehurst is with us. Go ahead, Marty. Morning, Steve up in Iowa and Lauren down in Champaign. How you guys doing today? Good, good. What's up with you? Well, I just thought I'd answer Lauren's question that he asked. Probably rhetorical, though. How could Northwestern be so good last year and win 15 out of 16 and be so terrible this year? Well... They have an offense based on quarterback play, and their quarterback play is not very good. And if you remember last year, Lauren, they won a bunch of overtime and extremely close games to keep that thing going. A lot of people were wondering, I remember you talking last year, how can they keep winning these games? Well, it turned around. That's simple. Well, I I guess it is simple, but I I mean, I I think that (laughs) – you know, there's more to it than just the quarterback, obviously, and and they're giving up more points. I mean, they're they're not competitive in yep. some of these games, even. I I'm not sure uh, what to think, well, but I I mean, the thing that surprises me is not so much what's happening now as what what happened back then, how they kept yeah. they well, won three overtime games in a row. <laughs> yeah, I know, but one reason uh, 
you know, when your offense isn't very good and they don't stay on the field very long, and Illinois knows this, then your defense is out there a long time. If yeah. your defense is out there a long time, they're not going to play nearly as well. I mean, they're going to get worn down. That's pretty simple in today's spread offense game. So I understand why they're getting beaten out. I can't answer how they got that lucky, but, you know, I coached many years, and sometimes you just, it's your year. It just is. And Illinois is kind of that way right now. Defensively, we're winning a couple games we probably shouldn't have won. Yeah. I think everyone would say it's kind of a miracle, but let's run with the miracles while we can. But Iowa never turns the ball over very much. I don't see that happening today. So good luck, Steve. You root them on and cause a couple turnovers. I'll see what I can do. Well, if you get a mirror out or something, maybe you can flash something in the quarterback's <laughs> eyes and make him throw the ball wrong. Do something because it, it'll be tough up there. But I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I got on my blue flannel lounge pants, my Illinois sweatshirt, an orange shirt. I'm ready to go for the game today. All um, right, Marty. I'll, what else you got? Um, I'm I'm uh, rather um, surprised that people don't understand why Miller wouldn't sign when he doesn't have to sign. Because he's going to wait and see if if Iowa really goes pro. Because yeah. these kids today can go anywhere they want. It's not like when we were kids and you loved the state school and you were going to commit if they just made an offer. It's not that way anymore. And I understand why he's doing it. And if you and I were in his shoes, we might be doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. I'd be doing the same thing. And, you know, they sold him on the idea. They sold Corbello on the idea of replacing Feliz. They sold sure. Miller on the idea of replacing Io, and that those two would come in together and take the place of the two guys that were leaving. There's no question that that was part of the sale. And, uh, yep. of course, Mike Irvin, who was his coach, was very much involved in that, too. He coached them both. And I think that the, what they expect is, is that, the, that Io will be moving along. But, uh, yep. and, and he probably will. And a lot of guys uh, like uh, – uh, well, there's several players that, that, that left early that, that didn't make the NBA, and there's a place to make money. You can make $125,000 just work, playing in the G League, which isn't the but kind of money they want, but that, but that sure satisfied me that for a year. If you could make 125 coming out of college, you'd take it, wouldn't you, Lawrence? Yeah, I'd take it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if, and if Iowa would have started off shooting hot like he was during the summer when they made their – their trip he might have signed figuring he's surely going pro but as your son mentioned the other day i was an open court player and that's more like the the nba game anyway so i'm not so worried that he won't go pro i think he's going to anyway great show make it a great day and uh when's bernie Miklas on again uh we're we're coming due it'll be probably in the next week or two hopefully something will be going on make it a great day guys okay thanks marty appreciate the call 920. We've got another five or six minutes with the phone line open if you'd like to join us. 356-9397. Let's stick with basketball a minute here. We've got plenty of more football coverage coming your way before the 11 o'clock kickoff. Uh, Benjamin Bosmans-Verdonk, Illinois freshman out of uh, Belgium, is settling in and uh, seeing a little more action for the Illini, and uh, I think you'll see that increase. Had a chance to visit with him a little bit yesterday, and on how he's picking things up, including uh, the language. Sometimes when I get too excited, I mispronounce words and uh, whatever. You know, obviously I've been here now for a couple, a couple months, so I guess my exit, like my American exit, coming along a bit. My English definitely improving. Uh, it was pretty good when I got here, but you know, it's getting better. I speak Dutch, French, and English, like good, and then I speak a little bit of Spanish, so it's like four. Well, I came from Belgium, 
um, it's, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big shift. Like everything goes so much faster. Guys more athletic. Yeah, I'd definitely say like it's 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 tough for me. Like um, especially the start, you know. Also with my injury, like we coming back now. Um, but my coaches, my team is doing a great job of uh, of helping me. Um, and yeah, it's just a process. Like we we, I feel like I'm I'm gonna get it right. Um, it's it's getting it's getting there. But yeah, as I said, it's a process. You gotta keep on working. That's number 13 for the Illini basketball team, Benjamin Bosmans Verdonk. Call him BBV if you like, Lauren. Yeah, that's a good. I, I need to come up with some kind of an abbreviation. <laughs> he, he's one of the guys, Kofi uh, Cobra notwithstanding, but uh, you don't see many guys come into uh, college basketball with the uh, kind of frame that BBV has. He's 6'8", 235. He's solid. He looks like he's ready to go. He fits as a power forward. We, yeah. We've got some players who, you know, uh, fit on one end, don't fit on the other. I, I think Jones fits one way, doesn't fit another if, if he gets back. And, you and you know, and, and several guys that are, for instance, DeMonte Williams, really good defensively, solid rebounder, but not very good offensively. This guy looks to me like, and I, I'm high on him, I think he's. I think he's a, a down the road. I don't know how soon it's going to be. Maybe not this year, but I think he's going to be a player because he can shoot. He can play defense. He can rebound. He can do all the things. And he's got good mobility and a great body. So I'm high on on this guy. So is Brad Underwood. Here's what uh, the coach had to say yesterday. Well, I think every day it's just familiarity, and with familiarity comes comfort, and 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 then things slow down a little bit, and and uh, you know he he's. Uh, he made a great post move the other night, just took his time, didn't rush it, uh, he, you know, got off the ground and, and, and uh, was really a nice move with his left hand. So you see his skill set that he can go both ways, right, left. Um, and uh, again, I thought defensively he was really solid. He didn't make many mistakes. And, and then, uh, you know, he grabs four rebounds in limited minutes, and, and, and we've got to have that from him. He's, he's a very physical player. We need that presence. Uh, on our team and on the court, and, and uh, uh, you know, every day he's making strides. Benjamin has played in four of the five games, averaging about seven and a half minutes per ball game. But uh, Lauren, as Coach Underwood said, that uh, he keeps showing that in practice, those minutes will certainly go up. Well, I think so. I, I just don't know how quick it's going to happen. But you know, and and the, the other problem is that you know, uh, the two players, uh, Kofi and and Georgie, will be back next year to play the four and the five. How do you work him in, and how much playing time can he get, and how good does he does he get if he doesn't get playing time? So that, that's you know I just think that at some point he's going to assert himself, and and uh, and he'll give at least he'll provide the, the bench help that Illinois needs. Kofi Coburn, four double doubles out of five games so far. He's shooting 58 percent from the field, and talked to him a little bit yesterday about the speed of the game at this level. I try to go too fast, and Coach O keeps like instilling into my head, like make sure I slow the game down because the pace is so fast that automatically your mindset is to go fast with it. But he tried to tell me to slow the game down, and that's what I try to do over over the courses of my games, try to slow the game down, try to go at my pace, and try to like see what I have instead of going fast and rushing, rushing my shots. Is that tough to do because game at the college level is faster? So is it tough to, to try to slow down even though the game's fast? That's really tough, especially when a couple positions go by and you don't get the ball. So when you finally get it, you want to score it and you're so eager. So that's what I have to do, get rid of that freshman mindset and get a more mature mindset to just do the right thing at all times and make every play matter, make every play count. That's Kofi Coburn. We talked about his lack of fouling 
earlier in the show, only 13 fouls, Lauren, uh, in five games. Yeah, he, he's, he's done an outstanding job there. Maybe that's one of the big surprises. The thing that I find interesting is that he didn't score this way in, in high school because they did make an attempt to get him the ball. Illinois' offense right now, whether it's Georgie or the guards, their goal is to get the ball to him. That's what they're doing. They're, they're trying to work that ball into him. And I think that uh, he's responded extremely well. He had a really rough day the other night. But to start with, I think he missed the first several shots. But that's okay. At least he, you know, he's an integral part of the offense. And that high school team he played on, those guards were taking all the shots. Really, I, I watched him play an entire game, and, and he seldom got the ball. I mean, they just didn't make any attempt to throw it down to him. You probably yeah, remember that. I do remember that. And I also uh, remember not noticing him run the court the way it turns out he can run the court. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> he, he's really fast. For, for a big guy, he's really fast. Well, like you said, he's from Jamaica. you got to be able to run. <laughs> They've got uh, great sprinters and runners, of course, down through the years in the Olympics from Jamaica. Mr. Tate, appreciate uh, your time. About 30 seconds left on this portion of the show. You'll be back on game day, but... Uh, Give me a thought or two of what you think might happen here. Well, I'm, I'm not as positive as I'd like to be. I, I mean, I, I think that uh, Illinois, uh, you know, against Michigan State, I felt like Illinois had a chance because Michigan State had, had, had been mistake prone but, uh, and hadn't played up to their expectations. Iowa is not mistake prone, and they have played pretty much up to expectations. There are three losses coming against the top 10 teams by a total of 14 points. So this is a real challenge, and Rod Smith told me, this is the best team Illinois has faced this year. Stay tuned for more coverage. Uh, Illini game day coming up next. Appreciate you listening to Illini Pella. Saturday Sports Talk. I'll be back with you with uh, more pregame coverage in 30 minutes. Back after this.